your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother. Hi, welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama, No Drama Podcast. I'm Pastor Hoffman, and with me as always is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, how's everybody doing? Well, today we got a really good one for you as as we're back on the podcast circuit. We both have some great um, readings from Galatians chapter 5, verses 2 through 15, as we're following the Lutheran Study Bible Outline. We also have a great question uh, from the group on healing, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And we also, I think we may have found the greatest logo ever for our podcast and for our for our um, whole uh, Bush League organization we have here. And we'll talk more about that. I might make it the picture for our, uh, for our uh, podcast this week. So... As we look here, um, we're going to go from Galatians chapter 5, but we remember last time we, uh, we learned about St. Paul talking and contrasting Hagar, the slave woman uh, who had Abraham's child, versus Sarah, the free woman who had Abraham's child. And there was a difference being, uh, and we're being likened to being born of the free woman and not born into slavery, with the warning is, once you've been set free, don't ever go back to being um, somebody who is looking for righteousness under the law. <coughs> I think that's a pretty, what do you think, is that a pretty decent uh, recap? Yeah, and it shows that we're not making up the whole law gospel distinction thing. Paul did it by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, uh, we didn't do it, uh, God did it. Paul was Lutheran before Lutherans were Lutheran. Jeremiah was more Lutheran than Paul, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we have, we have a, a, Walter would say as much. Anywhere you find this pure proclamation of the gospel, you find Lutherans, whether it's in the Old Testament <laughs> or in the New Testament. They just didn't know it yet. That's what the mystery was. They that's, didn't know they were Lutheran. You know, as a Lutheran, I, I find that has a very high level on the awesome-o-meter. Um, so, and again, what, what Walter was trying to say is, we're not just some sect, we're a continuation of the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah, we don't want to sound cocky, we're just uh, confident in our confession, and that's sure. the, the creed, so. Sure. Okay, so looking over here, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll read this over, and then we'll, we'll dig in. Um, <clears throat> uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 2 begins. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision 
counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Amen. Amen, indeed. So another another good way to see what's going on here. Um, uh, let's see. Here we have uh, Paul, as we say, not to fall back into the ways of the law for our righteousness. Now, um, if you accept circumcision, he's actually been saying this on and on. Uh, going back to verse 3, he uh testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. So in other words, if you want if you want your righteousness through the law, you can't salad bar it. <laughs> you better keep every jot and tittle. And um, of course, Paul can say that because he knows it's impossible. Not that it's hashtag goals. Well, and I think we should go over a little bit of typology of what circumcision really is here. And so in the Old Testament, circumcision was done on the eighth day. Notice the importance of the eighth day. Mm -hmm. Christ rose from the dead the eighth day. Eight souls on the ark. It signifies the new man that we are in Christ through our baptism. Um, circumcision was a cutting of the flesh from the male penis and this was was done as a mark of the covenant and a shedding of blood and this points us forward to to in the new testament to baptism which is a circumcision of the heart it's a mark of the covenant which is through christ's blood and it gives us, in baptism, we receive faith, the seal of God, through the promised Holy Spirit, and the forgiveness of sins. So it's important to understand what Paul's talking about here. Circumcision was an outward sign, where baptism deals with the inward problem. Sure, and also, he makes a, a good point here, that if you are looking for circumcision, he says that you have been circumcised... You have been snipped. You have been severed away from Christ. So if you're worrying about the skin being severed as your, as your touchstone, keep in mind that you're also severing uh, your, your claim to Jesus Christ. Yes, now fathers and mothers, for those who had their children circumcised or who are circumcised is a medical thing today, don't... Don't take Paul's words here to condemn you. That's not what he's saying. These people are actually doing it 
to merit righteousness. And that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, it's not, again, he even, he even, I think Paul is even clear about that too, um, to say that it counts for something. You know, and if, so if you're saying it counts for something, then you've, you've, you've left the, you've left the party. But for now in modern day, there, there's a, certainly a, a, a long-standing argument that it's a good thing. And so we don't tend to, um, we don't tend to see it as a religious thing anymore. And so, and that's fine. We're not, we're not like anti-circumcisers. It's like being the anti-vaxxers of circumcision or something so no it's not that um and that's a good point because we don't want to have people going are you saying that my circumcision has invalidated my baptism no nope. <laughs> not at all unless you think that circumcision counts for something yes yeah. but i doubt that anybody out there does but yeah. uh, we just want to be clear on all fronts but then we come to some of my, my, my one of my favorite texts in Scripture again. It goes with the Romans three twenty text, and this one's more stern, right? Yeah. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Yeah. So, we can expel some denominations right here, like uh, Seventh Day Adventists. You know, if you're going to keep the Sabbath as if you're keeping the law, you're severed from Christ. Now, we're not saying that there's not Christians within those groups because of the felicitous inconsistency. But any group that tries to maintain the law through salvation actually thinks that their dung pile of works is better than Jesus's works. Yeah. And uh, that's not even a part of the new obedience. <clears throat> Adhering to the um, Levitical laws of righteousness is not saying how much you love Jesus, but it's pretty much saying how much you love Moses. Or how much you lack trust in Jesus. Sure. So, yeah. bear that in mind, this is a great text for anyone who tries to put you under the law. Put this one in your pocket, circle it in your Bible, and say, Nope, I'll take Jesus' works. Thank you very much. I'm good there. Right, and, and again, we have to make sure, because we, there's, a, there's, some, there's some people out there that are getting triggered as we speak. Um, go back and listen to all of our podcasts that say, no, we're not saying that we are antinomians. We are not saying that good works are bad. We're just saying, look, you have to be clear here. There are people who are teaching the Galatians that they don't have hope of salvation if they do not accept circumcision as the covenant to be cut with God. And okay, so they're not there. This isn't some intellectual argument being had in the 20th, 21st century. These are people that are flat out lying to the Galatians and telling them that you need to ha accept circumcision as being your bridge to salvation. And Paul flat out says, if you do, you're severing your relate, you're not only severing your, your, your Johnson you are severing your relationship with Jesus, so quit trying to find salvation in works of the law. 
So there, I think I snapped at the, uh, well, are you saying that we shouldn't do good works? Well, yeah, we should. And they're a fruit of faith. Check the confessions. I believe I mean, we already owed Article 6. So, yes, we do believe good works are a fruit of faith. But we, are, we would in no way tell our parishioners or our fellow Christians, like, hey, you know, if you don't get circumcised, uh, you probably aren't going to be with Jesus, which is what the Galatians were hearing. Yeah, if I catch you sitting, I'll totally slap you and tell you to repent. So we're definitely not preaching that. Uh, we're, we're, we're actual, actual faith will produce works. That's just how this goes. Get your grasp on the gospel, on the doctrine of justification, and the forgiveness in Christ and the mercy received will be so great that the, the good works will come from you because the Spirit is behind them driving you to do them. Yeah, and which, that's okay. <laughs> because... that, is, that is better than me trying to do them because yeah. we don't want to be the guy from The Simpsons, right? I'm helping. Right. It's like uh, if, if you want to go to a, a professional gymnast, don't ask me to get on the parallel bars, okay? I'm not, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you and hurt myself. Yeah, and don't ask me to run a 5K as a power lifter. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> Leave it to the track runners. And again, which is okay. It's called vocation. But, um, so I just, I just wanted to make sure that we were, that we were crystal clear on that because it saves us, although it does make for some fun posts in the group. I don't want to. I don't want to come off as bearing a false witness. Nope, neither do I, and I think we did it justice, and we're 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 clear on our point. So sweet. So we can move on here, but listen to this. This is this is um, this is meaty. Verse seven, or let's see. Let me jump back here for a second. Um, Christ will be of no advantage. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. So be prepared to keep everything in the law, not just circumcision. You are severed from Christ. So well, verse... and, and, and it's important to distinguish too. Paul here is not just talking about the Ten Commandments. He's not talking about just moral law. He's talking about no. moral law ceremonial law and civil law you have way more than 10 commandments you have over 600 to follow there buddy yeah let's do the fabric check down to the way you shave your your beard i yep. mean it's it's all in there and this stuff people are like well that's weird no this stuff was to separate israel from its pagan neighbors as separate as a holy nation to this particular god yeah the show these these guys look weird. Well, they have that God there, you know, that God of Israel, that one. Remember yeah. the one that did that stuff in Egypt? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's where we're um, that's where we got to be uh, <clears throat> really crystal clear in our proclamation because the truth of the matter is, um, if you start goofing around with trying to elicit good works. That are supposed to be uh, is in verse five, or for uh, for through the Spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Meaning, um, if you're trying to elicit from the law what comes from the Spirit, well, 
You know what you're going to get? You're going to get something different. Um, uh, a forced, it's like, it's like the telling your wife they are forcing someone to marry you versus someone who falls in love with you. You know, I mean, hey, we're both married, right? Yeah, but that one of those marriages is based on a lie. So, um, that's, uh, and that's the point here with trying to trump the spirit with the law. Um, for in Christ Jesus, you're, um, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So now we have this thing going, look, we're not, we're not doing a circumcision check. What we're looking is the faith through love, as we see in John 3.16, God loving the world, sending his son, faith in the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, not faith from being lovey-dovey. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I'll tie in some of our confessions here because they fit perfect. So we confess that man lost the image of God in the fall, but the image of God is partly renewed in the Christian. And that's what Paul's talking about here is, the forgiveness you received, the forgiveness has been given to you, the love you've been shown, the kindness, uh, that will be renewed in you. It's renewed in you. Uh, the image of God is renewed in you through your baptism, and you have a regenerate heart. Now, of course, it's a duality of nature, like Romans 7, but you have a new heart that's driven by the Spirit, like Paul is saying here, for through the Spirit, by faith, right? So this is how you love your neighbor, is through the Spirit, by faith. And the Spirit gives us a new heart that can love and serve our neighbor because we don't have to worry about our salvation. And spot on, or as Nagel would say, bang on! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's the truth that... Um, if you're mixing these up, you're not. You, you might look good on paper, but it doesn't look good in confession. Um, listen to this, verse seven. He even tells him, "You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth?" In other words, hey, you know what? Things are going okay here in Galatia, in this region of our Christian. And so he's asking, "Well, who hindered you? Who did this? What happened?" And, um, because he's genuinely, uh, pretty upset about this. And this persuasion is not from him who calls you, meaning the Lord. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. We all know that phrase, right? Well, let, let's, uh, modernize it a little bit. We don't want to modernize it and ruin the text. But, uh, let's say we make brownies and there's a little, uh, we put a little poo in there. Does anybody want that? You know, even if it's a dime size or making a whole, uh, I don't know, what, nine by nine pan? No. No, it's completely ruined, right? It's, totally. it's just, it's done. So get get the false doctrine out of here. Get the poop out of my brownies. Get the leaven out of the lump. You know, and go back to what you learned, Christ crucified, and stop doing this circumcision and marrying righteousness junk. Yeah. You you might you might think you're uh, becoming a super Christian, but you really literally are not. So. You're becoming super lame. You need to go back <laughs> to the truth, like Paul said. <laughs> super lame. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So as we uh, as we look this over here, let me get back to my okay. Um, <clears throat> a little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, this is always something that LCMS and other faithful Lutherans have been poo pooed for. His guys like um, Walther will say that it is not an option to preach in any other way other than purely. And um, pure doctrine is our only choice. And, I mean, is our only call. And so when you talk about a little leaven, if you go, well, you know, sometimes God you know, likes your good works and, you know, or something like that. I'm not, I'm not saying people say that, but what I am saying is that, um, is that people, uh, they, they tend to try to let little bitty stuff into their churches going, this'll be okay. <laughs> and turns out in a few years, you've got, you've got Babylon. Or they, they do a, a, here's one that happens a lot, Jesus and. Oh, so yeah. You have Jesus and my repentance. You know, well, you're not rightly categorizing repentance. Repentance is an act of faith. If you have Jesus, you will repent, right? Yeah. Or Jesus and my decision. No, it's just Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, he chose you. Uh, so anything Jesus and is a little leaven. Absolutely, or um, or if you put a but in there too, that's another that's another favorite one. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but and you're like, no, get your butt out of there. Same with your repentance. Don't say I'm sorry, but. <laughs> oh yeah. Just say I'm sorry, I'm and sorry. then there. End of story. No, oh no, I absolutely, I absolutely believe that. Um, so here we go, um, because again, here, here's how he's dealing with this, um, because he's saying the one who's troubling you, you know, he's going to say that, uh, you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. So if somebody comes into your church, for example, and is teaching a bunch of false doctrine, James 3, 1, we know that person will be judged, but... He's also telling us that um, that you're going to bear the penalty of this. Because you know what? You have been misdirected and pointed away from Jesus Christ. Do not put your faith in felicitous inconsistency. Rather, put your faith in the one who the Holy Spirit bears witness to. And so he's saying, you know what? The damage from these people is you losing Jesus. And you know what? Lutherans get slammed a lot for right doctrine. And but but this is this is why we encourage everybody to study, to to go to Bible study at church, to do devotion at home, to catechize your children, to to understand doctrine because when false doctrine hits the table, how will you know? Yeah. You, you have to know right doctrine so you can distinguish between what is what is true doctrine from God and what is falsehood, error, mixed in by some man or the devil. Yep. 
and if and this is this this comes from and something we talked about in the last episode talks about um maturing in your faith working towards eating meat and not just drinking milk well part of that is the ability to look at something that may be shiny and pretty and say that's a whitewashed tomb so yeah, it, our whitewashed wall ready to fall over, right? Yeah, it's 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 not, um, you know, so even not just anybody can see something that's ugly and run away from it, but a sign of mature faith is looking at something that, hey, that looks really good on paper and my old Adam has given it two thumbs up. Well, the truth is, is it, if it doesn't jive with scripture, with what our Lord teaches, well then you need to be mature enough to recognize that. And that's another good reason why you were saying, go to Bible study, read the devotions, be in the divine service, receive the sacraments. All of these things even have time with Christian friends for fellowship, things like that. But be in and around uh, the word of God. And, yeah, and like-minded people. You want to be in unity of confession. And... I will plug the group right here. You know, we have a Facebook group for anybody listening that's not part of the group. Go on Facebook and join the Lutheran Stuff No Drama group. And uh, there's there's a bunch of great Lutherans and Pastor Hoffman and I. And uh, we all help each other answer right doctrinal questions. So if you're not part of the group but you're listening to the podcast, come join us in the group and uh there's three questions to get in. Make sure you answer those, and uh, we'll let you in. Oh yeah, and uh, we certainly um, we do love we love it when people do have these questions, and uh, they should totally <coughs> excuse me. They should totally become a part of it, and to uh, come and see what what Bush League Bush League podcasting is like, as well as you know. Uh, a lot of the people in our group are what we call Lutherans. They're people who have come to the faith and they they just want a place where they can come and not be chastised and they can learn in an environment that's lighthearted, uh, factual, supportive, you know, like this. And, you know, last year at this time we had, uh, you know, I think it was 90 some odd members and there today we have 1,200 you know, and there's people that just really want to hear the good, get the good stuff without putting up with all the drama. Well, there's there's a lot in that, too. It's like the Galatians here, because it, it likens right in with our text. You know, if you've been in a church that has been teaching you wrong all along, you know, there's, there's a little bit of time that we have to take to uh, deconstruct the bad and replace it with the biblical. Um because there's a lot of good good preachers out there that uh, take the Bible and, and twist it. And by good, I mean they, they do a good job of twisting this text to to make it say something it doesn't. And then mm -hmm. uh, that can take some time for people to work through. So definitely pastoral care and a lot of uh, be surrounded with like-minded uh, Christians. Yeah. One of, my, one of my quotes that I use... Um... I posted on Facebook once a year is uh, those who fail to um, to learn uh, pure doctrine tend to champ uh, tend to champion those who have uh, who have learned uh, false doctrine. So, 
you just got to be really careful if you're um, uh, to stay away from things that you go, ooh, shiny, who cares? You know, Christ came <laughs> as a humble servant. <laughs> so so um, the, the thing here is in, in Paul, and it is, I think this is, shouldn't be overlooked, Paul starts to concern himself, and it, it's a busybody. He's saying, you know, these other preachers, and in our context, we would say, perhaps even other denominations that try to work their way into your church. Well, they're, they're trying to do more than that. They're trying to work their way into your confession of faith. And so, and, you know, denominationalism wasn't really a thing here, but um, in the modern day, those who are trying to turn people away from this, usually you see as another denomination that's going well, you know, it's ridiculous to think that that's really his body and blood. Can't we just say it's spiritually or can't we just believe whatever we want? And people go, yeah, I don't know why we can't do that. And I'm over there yelling at them going, because Jesus says it is. And so, you know, and, and I get to be the bad guy, but that's okay. I don't mind being the bad guy. Um, well, and that's the thing, though. I would say you're not. People take it as you're the bad guy, but you're doing the right loving thing by giving them the truth of what Jesus said. This is. Mm -hmm. Well, I even, I've even had people come here and say, well, um, I belong to this church, but I secretly believe what you believe. Can I take communion here? And I'm like, you don't secretly believe anything. If you were going to a church that you just told me is brutal towards us and you go to church there anyway you haven't changed your confession and when you're ready to talk about your confession come and see me but in the meantime don't ask me to uh to be in communion with me when you're really not in communion with me and that you know what there was a question recently that fits right in here is people asked uh, how do we distinguish between the body that is the church and the body that is Christ? We don't. That's the thing. We're all partakers one of another because we all partake of the same body, which is Christ. Yeah. And why are so you... That's why, that's why it's important to keep unity and confession with these things. And that's why Paul is going off on the Galatians here like, whoa, you guys have derailed, derailed bad. Yeah. Well, again, there's always the, you know, when you when you create these little boxes and you feel like because you put these things in little boxes that you can separate them and they'll be safe in their box all alone. Well, the truth is, no, they won't be. Um, just because you've organized it a certain way doesn't mean it's going to, uh, that doesn't mean it's a good thing. So I love this next part, though. Uh, but... If I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? If that is the case, the offense, in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Yeah. So Paul's being very blunt here. Jesus says on the Sermon of the Mount, he says, uh, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Yeah. Right. So Paul is playing on the same theme here. If circumcision is the problem, let these dudes chop it off. Let them show their real righteousness if they're going to be righteous. Don't let them do a little skin. Let them chop the whole thing off. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and um, you know, if they if they want to be cutting it off, cut the whole thing off. Yeah, and, quit playing. Uh, He's like, why? He's up in the ante here. He's like, why are they playing? If you're gonna be righteous by your works, then you better cut the whole thing off. <laughs> yeah, he's, hey, call, he's calling their bluff. Yeah, hey, look, we're talking about in the Bush League. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, definitely, yeah. We 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 dedicated three minutes to removing our our uh, our genitals. Um, please, please, nobody listening, please do not emasculate yourself. Right. <laughs> uh, the answer said, don't gouge out your eye. Don't cut off your hand. That's not what Jesus is really saying when he says it. He's saying, without him, you got to do those things. Although I know some people that they, uh, they'd probably rather cut one of their fingers off than get up and come to church on an early Sunday morning. I'm but, telling you, it's so, it's so sad, isn't it? Well, it, actually, yes, and, and here's why. You know, after he... After he tells them, I wish they would uh, uh, emasculate themselves, he says, and here's why. Verse 13, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Um, so in other words, we do have this freedom. We are called to free. We are free men. And you do not, but don't use your opportunity to then just indulge your flesh. And that, that's kind of a popular concept of, and, and that's the real antinomianism right there, is to say, well, I'm free in Christ, so now I'm going to go and, you know, do all these lewd and disgusting things. And because I'm free in Christ, you know, lewd and disgusting things don't save me or whatever. So... Yeah, and he's just saying, look, don't don't become Rome, you know, don't don't be in the orgies and all this kind of stuff, and um, but through love, actually serve one another. So people who are free are called to be slaves, and because I'm I'm pretty sure as I'm looking this up, um, well, well, we gotta define that. So when Paul's saying free, he's saying you're free from sin, death, and the devil. So I would argue that anybody says, well, I'm free to go do orgies or indulge my flesh. They don't understand what freedom is. You're free from sin, man. Mm -hmm. Like the spirit is, is fighting the flesh for you. Like, you don't, you have the, the power to overcome this. And, and if you do succumb to it, you know, you have the conscience that, that's going to convict you. The Holy Spirit's going to convict your conscience that you feel so guilty that you're going to end up repenting and receiving absolution for it. But that that is true freedom. That is true Christian freedom. So the, the one who's a slave is the one who's a slave to sin. You see them all day long, the people of the world who have no idea that they're their job and their money and their life is wrapped up. It's just idolatry and, and, and pleasing the flesh, yet nothing makes them happy. They have no hope, no comfort, and no peace. Whereas we, as Christians, we have hope, comfort, and peace. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's kind of, that's just it. That's where the rubber really truly hits the road on that, is when we start to go, well, what are you actually what are you actually trying to accomplish here? Um, and and they may not have a very strong answer. They may have just been kind of sucked into it. But to go, when you're talking about circumcision and everything, 
What are you trying to accomplish? Well, it says right here in the Bible, I agree. It also says right here, you know, that um, Jesus Christ is the one who's come. Your righteousness is in him. Don't look to anything else. And, um, and you know, we have the circumcision party, the ones that were trying to get you to become, you know, temple Jews in order to become a sacramental Christian. You know, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of um, anchors that are trying to drag people down. Because how about this? Um, freedom, free people were called uh, to freedom. And they were called to freedom. And I'm looking it up here. Um, and but they say, but you're called to be a slave. Free people are called to be a slave. Now, does that, it sounds like a contradiction, but it really isn't. Being free means you love your neighbor without selfishness. That is freedom. <clears throat> You're free from your old Adam telling you uh, that he wants to run everything. Yeah, that's just it. The, the person who's a slave serves themselves. They don't know what it's like to be a servant and to be served by Christ. And that's what that's what we're doing here. That's the entire thing is we preach, preach Christ and am crucified that those might hear us and join, join us, right? Mm -hmm. That God would call them also through hearing the preached word, that they would find a faithful church and that they would, you know, partake in word and sacrament with us and, and become one in this body and that we would see them in the company of heaven. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, it's, I don't think it's an unrealistic or too lofty of a goal. You know, uh, Paul says for the whole law in verse 14 is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you now check this out, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So if you're just looking for this, um, if you're just looking for this whole righteousness, you know, if you're going to go after, bite somebody, be ready to be eaten yourself. Yeah, and you know, Paul does this again in Romans 7. He ties, in the first part of Romans 7, not the duality of nature, but he ties sin with the law without making the law look bad. And that's what he's doing again here. He's tying the increase in trespass with them trying to merit righteousness from the law without making the law look bad because the law is not bad. Like Paul says, the law is holy, right? Mm -hmm. The law is perfect. I want to do the law, but I can't do the law. But he's showing the law increases trespass where the gospel with the forgiveness of sins gives you a heart that does the works of the law because of the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's real Christianity. That's real freedom. That's real truth. Right. Because there's against these things, there is no law. You know, patience, kindness, generosity. There's no law against that. God has never found fault with generous kindness, you know, perseverance, patience. So, but for these people, as uh, Paul talks about in Philippians, who are the dogs, he says, that look out, you know, who are um, 
the evildoers, you know, if you want to be like those evildoers, beware that you might have evil done to you. So. Oh, you know what? Next podcast we're coming up on that. We're talking about love, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness. Against such, such thing, there is no law. So everybody's going to want to stay tuned for that. Oh, yeah, because not only do we have that, we talk about bearing another's burden. So we're giving you the tip of the iceberg here in verse 15. I mean, in verse 14. So um, as we move on, I mean, this has been a pretty awesome discussion about leaven going into the loaf and um, false teachers and what they bring. Um, we also have, um, you know, really, Paul is going, look, don't worry about circumcision. Be rejoicing that Christ is sufficient. These set, these false teachers, beware. They will lead you astray. You will be judged for that. That is not your, you know, that's a burden you don't want. And then... Um, he points us to being f called to freedom. I mean, this is great stuff. And as we uh, as we move on, we also is going to say we have a, a pretty good question from the group. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to grab it here really quick. But um, let's see here. Dude, I'm going to scroll down. I, I got it right here if you want me to read it. Oh, well, if you've already got it, then heck, go for it. Okay, so we have a question from or about the Old Testament. Would I be correct in saying that using 2 Kings 20, verse 5, to comfort someone in need of healing is not the right application? Question mark. Okay. So... Well, that Second Kings verse twenty, or sorry, Second Kings chapter twenty verse five. Yep, it says, "Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord." So here's a good verse of God. Um, speaking and doing uh, miraculously and so we don't doubt that this happened but the argument that I'm going to make on this is what you have is an actual account of God doing something we're going to say that it was descriptive it's telling us a true um, the truth about what happened but I would argue that it's not prescriptive meaning one of those things where we're called upon to do with the promised outcome that anybody you pray for healing will become healed. So should you pray for people who are sick? Yes. Do you pray for them because they're going to get healed? No. You pray for them because they need mercy. Just as much as a well person needs mercy, but they need a mercy and praying to God for that is an okay and right thing to do. But you do it because he's God, not because he owes you something for this. Yeah, and to keep the, the context, if we go a little bit before this, Hezekiah is actually one of the better kings of Israel, uh, but he didn't tear down the high places. That would be where they worshipped the idols, but he uh, became proud in his heart. God is angry with him and punishes him for the pride. And here Hezekiah is crying out, 
And he's actually, what we can learn from the text is what true repentance looks like. And if we go a little forward from the verse, God adds 15 years to Hezekiah's life. But from the text alone, like Pastor Hoffman said, yeah, this is about Hezekiah. Now, God answers prayer in his own time and in his own way, according to his will. But the answer is always yes in Christ. So, God, can I have more life? Yes, in heaven, right? God, can I have more money? Yes, in heaven, right? The answer is always yes, but the true Christian doesn't play, pray for fleshly things. They pray for their neighbor's needs and stuff like that. You you will pay, like, like, like we were just talking about praying for somebody's sickness. They're not, they, they might not get 15 years on their life, but I guarantee that God will strengthen their faith in that time and in that place. Absolutely. And if nothing else, and well, I can't say if nothing else, I mean, like it's minor, but the truth is, is God showing us mercy in, you're not your 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 current healing is not going to change your current sickness but also your hope that you have in Christ is not going to change either so you know when we when we do that when we see that we start to um we start to um get a better idea of what's of what's going on so again we don't want to be the kind of people that say Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, whatever you pray for, it's, it's you're gonna get it. And we're like, no, that's not what we say. No, um, and and if we can take away from the text. We can look and see repentance. We can see the tears of Hezekiah, the contrition, the sorrow for sin, right? And we can see the forgiveness that 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 God gives through Jesus Christ. And uh, Hezekiah is among the faithful because he had faith in the promise. Now in the Old Testament it's unclear to these folks uh, the full mystery revelation revealed of Christ crucified, but they knew of this Christ coming to save them. Mm -hmm. And they had faith in that. Absolutely. So <clears throat> when we when we see that that is actually that's really the most important thing is to say look not everybody who gets cancer that you pray for is going to become healed but everybody whether they have cancer or not who believes and is baptized will be saved so you know there's the there's what you want to be sure that you're being clear about. And that's the thing, too, is, you know what? Prayer is never, ever, ever going to hurt anything. On the opposite, it's going to help the situation, knowing that you're not God and that you have a God and that God is out for your good. Whether that means you're going to die, but, you know, it's going to be better that you die so that you... You, you are die, dying in the faith, that's what God is more concerned about than your earthly life. That's how much he loves you, cares for you, and he's better at discerning what we need than we are because, you know, the fall has kind of corrupted the way that we look at things. Mm -hmm. 
Well, like, so we'll leave that in the hands of God, like everything else, and let him make the judgments as God, and uh, know that he works all things together for our good. Right, and um, <clears throat> not to say that that car crash you got in was good, but it's to say that you are somebody who is not defined by your car crashness or not, but what he's actually working is to say that, you know what? Nothing will I require of you to be saved. I do that work. And um, and I think sometimes that's really a hard thing for people to kind of wrap their mind around. Well, and when I was young and ignorant, it's like, God, why are you hurting me? God, why are you hurting me? Why are you hurting me? And I look down and I see I'm punching myself in the face, right? <laughs> I. I'm the one punching myself saying, God, why are you doing this? So not everything is a product of, you know, God doing something. It's usually a product of our bad decisions. And we're like blaming God for our choices, right? And this was in my youth. I was ignorant to, and again, this is why we encourage you to study doctrine so that you're not ignorant to these things. And you know, like, like we just explained, God is working together for your good. But how am I saying, you know, why are you hurting me as I'm punching myself, right? Yeah. It's it's me hurting me. And God is the one opening my eyes to that fact. Dude, stop punching yourself. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. I'll stop that. Yeah, I, I, I'll quit that now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'll tell you what, we're, we're kind of an ungrateful people, aren't we? I think so. Uh, you, you, going back to, to Jesus healing the lepers, one comes back and says, thank you. Yeah. And Jesus is like, hey, didn't I heal a whole bunch of you cats? <laughs> yeah, really, what happened here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's not be like those guys. Let's remember to pray, praise, and give thanks no matter the circumstances because we have... Christ and Him crucified, we have our daily bread, we have so many great promises in God that nothing else really matters. It's all just uh, details. Jesus is the main end game. Absolutely. You know what? And on that note, I don't think we have a, I don't think we have a better closing than that. So I, I will definitely say um, this has been a great episode and uh, uh, this has been Pastor Hoffman for Zach Lesher. Stay closely and we'll see you next time.